Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. <laughs> um, just again, I know if you were here last week, then you know who I am. If you've been coming here, you know who I am. But if you haven't, my name is Pastor David. I am the associate pastor here, not the senior pastor. He will be back next week. Well, he'll be back this week, but he'll be back next Sunday. So hoping and glad that they had a, a great time away, their family, uh, this past week. So it's good for them to be able to do that. So we are on week two of our study, Out with the Old, In with the New. Um, it's our study of Colossians 3, and it's 1 through 17. And we'll read the whole thing again here in a second. But uh, before we do that, just a quick summary. Last week, we covered verses 1 through 11, and we and I called it getting rid of your old clothes. Um, and this week, we're covering 12 through 17, which is putting on your new clothes. So, ta-da. No. Uh, the context of Colossians last week does matter. We talked about context uh, a little bit and, and the importance of that. So you don't just grab one verse, pull it out, and make it say what you want it to say. You can't do that when it comes to God's word. You've got to know what's going around uh, with the verses that are surrounding and how it relates to everything else, how it relates to the rest of scripture, how it relates to the gospel. Even if you're in the Old Testament, how, does, how do those scriptures relate to the gospel? How do those verses relate to Christ coming and dying on the cross for your sins? Um, this week, though, our summary again, Paul is writing to a young church in Colossae, and they are having a lot of issues, just like any church. And like I said last week, if you're trying to find a perfect church, as soon as you get there, it's not perfect. As soon as I get there, it's not perfect anymore. It, it astounds me the, the, the amount of people that go through churches constantly trying to find a church that, that meets every single standard that they want because you will not find it. And if you do, that means you're not giving and you're not compromising to allow someone else to have what they want as well. So you will not find a perfect church. Uh, but they have things that are happening. They, they're struggling with the idea of the supremacy of Christ uh, that we talked about a little bit last week. There was some beliefs that were slipping into their congregation, into these, these believers, uh, about who Christ really is. And so Paul focuses at the beginning, right at the beginning of who Jesus Christ truly is and how truly supreme he is. So that, that focus on the su supremacy of Christ, Paul hits on that at the very beginning, hits hard on it. Um, <clears throat> and then we got into uh, chapter 3, 1 through 11, and talks about this whole list of things that we are supposed to get rid of. And they do use in the Greek terminology that deals with when you put away in verse, verse 8, when you put off those things, it is terminology that deals with clothing uh, is what they're talking about. Obviously, they're using it figuratively, but uh, it gives you a picture, an idea. Uh, Paul is using that picture of the dirty old clothes that you're supposed to get rid of. And he gives a nice long list of things that we went through in detail of what we're supposed to get rid of. And then I challenge you with getting rid of those things, uh, asking God for forgiveness, stuff that I have to work on too. Um, and for us to, to move forward, you've got to get rid of the old we talked about to be able to put on the new or else. And I got a lot of people came to me because I used the word seeping. They don't like that word. So, oh, well, you have, 
And not in a bad way. But you, if you take that old shirt and all, you leave it, you don't get rid of the old stuff, and you put on the new over top, I said it's going to seep through into that new shirt, that beautiful crisp. Well, it's not crisp. I don't iron my undershirts or anything. I don't, there's no reason. Nobody's going to see them other than the neck part maybe. So that's the only part that doesn't need to be wrinkled is up there. But so that's why it's all wrinkled because I don't care. Um, where was I? <laughs> so the old seeping into the new. So we talked about how you got to get rid of the old first. And now we can talk about what the new is. What is this new clothing that we have that we can put on? What are we able to put on now? Uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and go to Lord in prayer, and then we'll dig into Colossians 3. Lord, we give you thanks for this day again. Lord, we thank you for the gospel. As we were singing those songs, we, we have already clearly heard the gospel in those songs this morning. As we have sung it back to you, Lord, what your son has done on the cross for our sins. And we give you, we give you thanks for that. I don't think we, we realize that all too often. Sometimes we sing these songs and don't truly understand what we're singing. But Lord, we give you thanks that your son came and died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again three days later. And that we can come here, Lord, and, and study him and talk about him. And we just ask as we do that, as we study your word, that you would bless this time, Lord, that you would make them your words and not mine. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so 1 through 17. We'll read through that so we can, again, have everything in context. So start in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are, are, that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. So this is that list that we went over. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self with it being renewed in knowledge after the image of creator of its creator. Here there is no there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. In the verses we're going to cover today, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, thanks, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. 
So again, focus on 12 through 17 today. Um, just to start you off with one of the main themes that we have. I know oftentimes we give the points at the end, but one of the points I'm going to give you at the beginning like I did last week is live like Christ, look like Christ. So how do we do that? How do we live like Christ? How do we look like Christ? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Paul has told these believers, he, he has spoken to them, he has written to them from prison, heard about these things going on, and he says, get rid of this stuff. Set your minds on things above, and to do that, you have to start off by getting rid of all this, I keep going this way, get rid of all this stuff. Get rid of it. Now, you have to put these things on so you can look like Christ and live for him. This is how you can look like your Savior, is what he's saying. So as we go through these, we'll break some of these verses apart. So t verse 12, put on then. That's where we're going to stop. So we had that term, like I said, in verse 8, that was put away. And that was the term used for clothing, to get rid of that dirty clothing. Now we have put on, which in the Greek, it literally, literally means to clothe or be clothed with. Um, but again, it's used figuratively here. So what are we to put on? What, are we, what do our new clothes look like, basically? And again, we're getting rid of this, and we're trying to put on this. And I, I can tell the difference from here. I don't know if you can see the difference in the shirts. Can you see the difference in the shirts? I mean, it's pretty nasty, so... I also clipped the sleeves on so they wouldn't rotate, and so you could see the armpit a little better right there. That is not a shadow right in there. That is disgustingness. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it is now. Um, yeah, so that's what we're trying to get rid of, and here's what we're going to put on. Um, and then the verse continues. It says, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. So as believers in Christ... We're chosen. He has chosen us, all right? And we are holy, which we always tell our teens, as if you're holy, it means set apart. You have been set apart for something better, all right? So you're holy, set apart, and we are beloved, which means, of course, you know, loved. So, I mean, it's awesome to think that you have been chosen, you have been set apart, and God loves you. The God of the universe, the one who created everything, the huge awesome, powerful God of the universe loves you, which is an amazing thing to think of and to have and to know that he, that he truly loves you and cares for you that much. The beginning of our new list, um, again, these clothes that we're supposed to be putting on, it's, it's neat to think sometimes in this way when you're putting on new clothes. Some of us like to go shopping. Some of us don't. I don't care to go shopping um, but when I do get new clothes, it's, it's fun. It's fun to put on new clothes until you put them on and you realize they don't fit or something's wrong. And that's why they have the, the changing rooms at the stores. Um, what's neat about this clothing that we're putting on, though, is it was tailor-made by the God of the universe. And it will fit you perfectly because it was made for you. You don't need a changing area to try these clothes on. You know the moment that you put these clothes on, this list that we're about to, to go through, they will fit. It will fit. God has made them for you, which is pretty awesome. So what are we to put on? First thing is compassionate hearts. 
Uh, again, going through the Greek is fun because it actually means here your inward, inward parts. So we take the word heart because for our culture, that's the emotional organ that we choose uh, for emotions. But in the Greek, it literally just means inward parts. So in other cultures, it could be your liver, your lungs, whatever it is. I don't know what those cultures are, but there are other ones that don't necessarily relate to the heart for emotion. Um, but that's what it's talking about here. So it, we choose hearts when it comes to translating that. Um, but it can be anything that's inside. For this context, a compassionate heart is a deep feeling about someone's difficulty or misfortune. So not only are they going through something hard and you feel bad for them and sad for them, but you actually feel the hurt that they are going through and you hurt for them. So that's a compassionate heart. Not only do you say, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. I'll pray for you. And then you walk away and you don't do anything. No, it's more than that. You listen to them, you feel for them, you hurt for them, and maybe you pray for them right then and there. So that is a compassionate heart that Paul is talking about. Uh, the next thing is kindness. We'll just go through each one of these words. Um, this is a goodness towards others, but not just that. It is uh, what's called a useful kindness. It is a working kindness. It's not a kindness where, again, you're just treating someone nicely. Um, it's a kindness that takes more work and more effort to put towards someone. Humility, opposite of self-love. So not loving yourself. Um, I really liked one of the definitions that I read. It says, an inside-out virtue produced by comparing ourselves to the Lord rather than to others. Often when we're, when we, when we're not humble, we compare ourselves to others and try to make ourselves better or whatever it is. But humbleness is comparing ourselves to the Lord and realizing where we are and who we are, who we truly are compared to him. Meekness. So willingness to suffer injury or insult rather than inflict them. And so when I read that definition of meekness, immediately Christ Jesus comes to my mind. A willingness to suffer insult or injury. I mean, who, who did that more than, than Jesus Christ for us? The one who died on the cross for our sins. I mean, he definitely showed meekness. And patience, also translated long-suffering, with the idea of endurance with a hope of coming relief. So there's a hope of relief to come. Um, this, this patience is not just your basic patience that you go through waiting for something to happen. Um, for instance... This is not patience that they're talking about here is when I was on my phone and it said, hey, you want to do an update? And I said, sure, I'll do an update, thinking that it would download in the background. No, it shut my phone off and I was in the middle of things. And so I had to sit there patiently, long suffering, enduring the time of that logo to pop up and go away so that I could have my phone back. No, that's not the patience that he's talking about here. Uh, it's the patience of, of suffering and waiting for hope that is to come. So that's the patience he's talking about. Verse 13. Um, I love when it gets into this part because oftentimes we, we have trouble with this too. So as we're going through these, don't just, again, don't just think of the church 
that Paul is writing to. This was specifically for them first. These are things they're going through. But like I said, these are things that, that we go through as well. And this is one the ones that we have trouble with too, all churches. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So be- bearing with one another, that's not hard to, to describe uh, or cover. It's, it's you're enduring someone. You're putting up with someone. Sometimes bearing with someone else means you may not like what they do, but that's okay. You get over it and you move on. There doesn't even need to be forgiveness there. You just move on. You put up with what they're doing. Uh, but then it does get into forgiving each other. Why do we forgive each other? Because God forgives us all the time. Jesus died on the cross for all our sins. Jesus has forgiven all our sins. So because we have that to look towards, that example to look at, we are supposed to live like Jesus and look like Jesus, then we also should forgive all the time. Now, that doesn't mean it's as simple as saying, I forgive you, and you move on. Sometimes it is that simple to give it to God, say, I forgive you to the person, and then you move on. Sometimes it may need to take a conversation or two with the person that has hurt you, that hurts your feelings, that, that did something to you. Maybe you're the one that hurt someone's feelings and you realize it and maybe you need to go to them and ask for forgiveness. Um, that's not something we like to do these days. It's something we would rather push off to the side and hope that it goes away. The problem is if we just push it off and try to let it go away, it keeps building and building and building and it gets worse. It never gets better when you just push it off. It's again, keeping that dirty shirt on, not letting it go, not asking for forgiveness, or not going and and talking to someone who may have hurt you. You could have that, that, that brand new outfit on, but there's still something there. And that goes for any of these things that we're talking about again. In the end, you may be able to fool others when it comes to some of these things. You might be able to to fool those who see just the outside of you, but you never, and and you know this, you'll never be able to fool God. Never be able to fool God. And I could preach that a million times, and I still mess up with that. I'm not just preaching it to you. It's me too as well. As much as we want to say it. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I did not plan this for this love verse to come up right after Valentine's because it's not that, it's not that love. It's not that ooey gooey mushy love. Let's go have dinner and a movie together or whatever. That's not the love that that's being talked about here. Um, And I didn't want to preach on the typical Valentine's theme these last two Sundays, but, but it does talk about love here, but this is a different love. This is a a love that is, um, a more divine love, a love that God and Jesus has, has shown to us. Um, we're, we're at the point now in these verses where 
we went from individuals one-on-one one on one to now group stuff that, that Paul is talking about, the church, uh, more to be more specific. Um, we have Christ as the head of our church, obviously. He's that example to us. And the love mentioned in here um, are verses that where we see this, this love word, it oftentimes says above all or of most importance. This love is the highest kind of love. This is a love that holds everything together, which is why it says binds. It binds everything together in perfect harmony. Um, it's a love that rules and is a priority over all things. And we, when we go to get rid of things, it gives us a reason to do all these things and then put on this new shirt. So why are we getting rid of all this stuff? We do it out of love for Christ. We do it because we want to follow him. It's a love that we are putting above everything else. And as a church, we do these things because it's a love that goes above all these other things. All these other problems in the church, this love should take priority over all of that. When it comes to all these things that we're putting on, this love is first and foremost. Verse 15, which then moves into this, talking to the church now again, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called one body, and be thankful. So Paul's telling the church that as believers in Colossae there, to have the peace that comes with knowing Christ as their Savior. You cannot have this peace that, that Paul's talking about unless you know Christ as your Savior. And again, I've already talked about what it means to know Christ as your Savior. Again, we already talked about it in the songs that we sang. Um, everything. I, I love this church because... A lot of the, the ways we do things, we obviously include the gospel in all that we do. And so if you're sitting here and you're wondering what that good news is, and we keep talking about Christ, knowing Christ as your Savior, um, and God's tugging at your heart and pulling at you and asking you to, to know him and to surrender to him, it is, again, believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again three days, three days later. It's not as simple as that because there's growth afterwards, as well, but that's a free gift that he offers to you. There's no special formula for it of words to say that we often repeat or ask to be repeated. Um, it's what's in your heart. It's what you believe about Jesus and what he did for you. Uh, oftentimes now, when it comes to children or teens, I like to ask them, well, what do you think about Jesus? What do you think about God and what he did for you? Instead of just having them repeat what I'm about to tell them. Because oftentimes we can re have them repeat and they don't know what they're saying. And then are they really saved? Have they really given their life to Christ? So even children can understand that and know what Jesus has done for them. And should be able to explain it as well in a simple way. We don't have to complicate things. And because of all that, let me go back to it. Then we have that peace of Christ who rules in our hearts. This should rule what the church does and the decisions that the church makes, this peace that we have. The church back then was all one body because of Christ, Christ who is the head. In the same way, we are one body. When it comes to the local church, we are one body, and together we should be ruled by the peace of Christ, with Jesus as the head. And at the end, it says, be thankful. Kind of, Paul's kind of like saying, by the way, be thankful. 
Don't take for granted what has been given to you in Christ. Don't waste it and don't abuse it. Be thankful for what you have. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Paul is telling their church, to allow the word of Christ to be a part of every aspect of their lives. Allow it to teach, allow it to instruct, use it, and then respond by singing and giving praise to God. Not to put a plug in for our church, but I love what we do. We allow God's word to teach us. We allow God's word to instruct us. We preach God's word. We sing about it. We sing his word. We pray it. And we give praise and thankfulness back to God because of that and because of who he is. I love that we do that here. All of these things will lead to living like Christ and looking like Christ. Doing all that stuff, the list that we just went through. And then it ends with verse 17 saying, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, if you think of that verse, it sounds like another one, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Did I say that right? Yeah, I said it fast. So whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory. Am I saying it right? Of God. Yeah, I'm looking at Rick. <laughs> That's where I learned it was through Awana, and then we taught all the, the Awana kids. It's different, one, different once you get up here, though, and try to remember something. It emphasizes... All of what we do, from our mouth to our actions, everything should be to glorify God. Again, when we put on all this new stuff that God has given us, all these new things, and we do them, it should be to glorify God. It shouldn't be for our own gain. It shouldn't be for us to look awesome, to look cool, to look like we're we're doing something right and to get praise from someone. No, it should be for God's glory, for him alone. It's hard to do, but it's what we should strive for. So in these last two weeks, it definitely could have been spread out more. We covered a ton out of these verses. Um, First section in Colossae, things of what we needed to get rid of. And then this section, the things of what we needed to put on. Um, And by putting these items on, we are to be more like Christ and live like him. So I do have a couple of questions for you again as application, as we... We end this time. Um, Same thing that I asked last week. Do you have a relationship with Christ? Do you know Christ as as your Savior? Have you given your life to him? All these things that we talk about are built on the fact that these people in the church were believers. They knew Christ as their Savior. Getting rid of this old stuff also means asking Christ for forgiveness to forgive you of all the things that you were doing and then getting rid of them. You can do that knowing Christ as your Savior. And then putting on the new things. You've got to know Christ as your Savior. He's offering all these things for you to do, these characteristics that that resemble him. Ultimately, he's saying, here, do these things to look like Jesus. Do these things. But you have to know Christ. You have to have that relationship with him. Other people who don't know Christ, yeah, they can, they can look good. They can do good things, but it's not for Christ. 
and it's not truly what he is asking for. For those who know Christ, how are you doing with living and looking like Christ? So going back to my main point, the theme for today, how are you doing with living and looking like Christ? How purposeful are we when it comes to applying these items that we've listed? The, the list was quite long and we dug into it pretty good. We have compassion, kindness, humility, weakness, meekness, patience, bearing with each other, forgiveness, and above all, love. Um, I, again, love the message translation and how it covers this section because it, again, brings in the whole idea of clothing. So I want to read 12 through 14 from the message translation as, as I end here and summarize. It says, so, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I love how it says that at the end. Never be without love. So please pray about which ones God could help you do better and ask for his help. In all of this for the last two weeks, I said to keep your mind on things that are above and then by living and looking more like Christ. So we have this. See, I told you I had this clip. So it's not just taking this piece of clothing and being like, okay, dirty old stuff. I'm going to miss you. I'm just going to set you right over here. It was nice. Now I'm going to go wear this new stuff over here, okay? What's the problem with that? It's still there. It's easy to go back to. No, God is asking you and telling you to really get rid of it. I'm not that strong. Don't worry. I pre-cut this. <laughs> but the point is this shirt was a very comfy shirt, a very soft shirt of mine that I would have wanted to wear. But my point is better and more important that we need to get rid of the dirty, I'm not going to be able to get, oh, I got through the seam. We need to actually destroy, get rid of, burn, throw it away, whatever it is, our dirty old stuff, so that we can truly put on what God has given us, the new and awesome and perfect stuff that we can wear. Now, that again, doesn't mean we will never go back to some of these things. That temptation is always there. Thankfully, what else is always there is forgiveness. We can always go back to God for forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this day. Lord, we thank you for these lessons that you have even taught me throughout this whole time. Lord, I probably learned more than anyone else because I got to do the studying. And so I give you praise and thanks for that. And I pray that as we head out of here, we truly would apply, not just, not just sit here and listen, but 
listen and apply what we have learned. Lord, that we would take action and actually do what your word says. Your word says to put away, to take off, to get rid of those old and dirty things and to put on these new things. And so I pray that we would do that and that we would um, purposely and intentfully do that in front of you, Lord, that we would commit those things to you. Lord, we thank you for your son who has shown us uh, what the ultimate sacrifice is. And Lord, I pray again that if there's anybody here that doesn't know what that means or is curious about it or God's tugging at their heart that they would come and ask and talk to someone who does know you as Savior. Lord, please continue to work in our hearts. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.